Today we're going through week six of fantasy basketball, having a look at some stream targets, uh, the schedule, which teams are playing on which nights. Joining me is the host of the Advantage podcast, Michael Fiddle. This is Fantasy Basketball International. This is Balls Deep. Welcome to the Balls Deep Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Fantasy Basketball International. I'm Adam King uh, at Adam King91 on Twitter is where you can find me. Uh, I am joined today by Michael Fiddle. As I said, this is going to be our weekly show. Uh, now that I'm back uh, in Australia, I've got some reliable Wi-Fi and my home computer and, and everything I need. So we'll just be looking at the streaming schedule for the upcoming week, uh, breaking down some teams and some players. Um, Michael's a bit of an expert in this, so it'll be good to have him on board. I will bring him in. Uh, Mike, thanks for joining me. Nice uh, sort of midday-ish for you, um, early morning for me, but it, it works. So we're going to go with it. Yeah, nice little Friday afternoon here, and I'm in California. Uh, yep. Took a nice walk with my dog named LeBron, and now I'm ready to talk basketball. <laughs> I actually had a friend who had a dog named LeBron. I, I think I think it was his previous dog. I, th- I think uh, I think his, his dog passed away a couple of years ago, but he he also had a dog named LeBron. So popular animal name. Uh, let's bring up my slides. Look how professional we are. Uh, so it's a bit of a strange slate next week because we've got a day off. Um, so no games on Thursday for Thanksgiving. Uh, and I, I mean, we'll, we'll dive into what I've got here and what, what you want to talk about. For, for me... It felt like the start to this season has been a little bit odd. The schedule's been quite packed on certain... Like, I don't remember there being so many days with 12 games, 14 games. It feels like there's been a couple every week, uh, which which isn't always the case. Am I wrong there? Is that is that just maybe because I was over there and, and immersed in NBA even more? I think you're definitely right. And I think... I haven't studied the later season schedule so much, but... My early inclination is has to be the result of two things. One is a few seasons ago, they pushed the schedule uh, to start earlier instead of the Halloween. Now we start mid-October, so we do less back-to-back, so that way we load up on these like midweek, Monday, Wednesday, Friday-type slates. And then you add in in-season tournament, which means Friday is going to be a group stage game, and they try not to pair those with back-to-backs, especially because they want the stars to play in and pushing this yeah. in-season cup. So I think the result of bringing in the in-season tournament and extending the season just a little bit has made it some days where there's the whole leagues off and other days where they're jamming the schedule. But yeah, definitely a definitely a weird week with Thanksgiving and, and a si- seven day but six six game week. Yeah, yeah, and and it was there was also the day um, a few weeks ago when for for voting when they had the the day off. Um, for, so for people to yep. go and vote. So that was yep. another day that isn't a usual day off. So, uh, yeah, it has been weird. I, and, and I only notice it from looking at my fantasy rosters and there's been more days where I've had to actually go 
do I start this guy or this guy? Um, usually it doesn't happen a whole lot, but it has. Uh, so can I, can I ask you one question? Yeah, yeah. Who's like, can you give us one of the main decisions that you've surprised you're asking yourself? Are you, am I starting this person already? Because I have a good one that I keep asking myself, am I actually starting this person? Um, yeah, look, a guy that I've got in a couple of teams who I'm, and, and I'm punting, like he fits what I'm doing in certain punt builds, is Kyle Anderson. <laughs> and I'm like, well, why am I starting this guy? But look, he, he's giving me a little bit of everything. I don't need him to score or hit threes. Um, I've had, having, a, I've, I think I've only got about six teams this year, which is pretty good for me. And I've noticed that like one team is just destroyed by injuries. I've got about six guys injured at all times, basically. And then yep. I've got another team where I have zero injuries, none at all. So um, who who's the guy you're you had in mind there? Mine's mine's Chris Middleton. I was I was loving Chris Middleton coming into the season, thinking he'd just get easy and efficient work off of the Damon Giannis offensive explosion that was going to happen in Milwaukee. And I kind of had a feeling they wouldn't play too much defense because they never do during the regular season. But um, I keep I and I, I got lucky and late drafted. Jalen Johnson, Asar Thompson, mm-hmm. Jalen Suggs. Uh, so I have these guys that are like proving themselves. And I'm like, am I really going to bench Chris Middleton? And the decision has been yes. If like I'm playing Bruce Brown or Jalen Suggs over Chris Middleton, who's like a three-time All-Star. Yeah, Middleton's interesting. He's a uh, thing we spoke about. I spoke about him with, uh, with Zach. And then they were talking. He's sort of been a hot topic, I guess, because the ramp up has been so slow. He's still only at about 20 minutes. And if you yep. look at his per 36 numbers, he, he's actually basically where he's been for a lot of his career. He's he's at top 50, top 60 value. It's just the playing time at the moment. If he's only playing 20 minutes, you can't start him um, on those nights when when you have options. Uh, and, and as you said, um, yeah, Jalen Johnson's been great. Asar Thompson's been incredible. Uh, I've yep. got him in multiple spots as well. Jalen Suggs is someone that I've been – well, stupidly high on it at times throughout the last couple of years. And this year it's it's finally paying off. He's actually um, worth rostering and worth having uh, in a starting lineup. So um, so we'll move into to this week. And we've got, uh, as we said, it's an interesting schedule because we don't have any games on Thursday. Uh, high volume, low volume, I mean, that's very subjective depending on your league settings and your roster size. But for me, the high volume days are Wednesday and Friday, and, and you sent this through in our chat, so I know you somewhat concur with this. Um, low volume days are Tuesday and Saturday, and I've just got there the teams that are playing on those uh, low volume days, Cleveland, Atlanta, the Lakers, Utah, and Philly. Um, back-to-backs, we've got we've got a few back-to-backs because we're basically cramming a week's worth of gaming games into six days. Uh, so we've got... Um, two teams with two back-to-backs, Cleveland and Atlanta. I have a pair of back-to-backs this week. I think we need to remember when we talk about streaming and waivers, that sort of thing, when we look at back-to-backs now is teams aren't afraid to rest players. So don't, like if if you're rostering someone, don't automatically think, hey, they're going to have four games this week. They're going to play both back-to-backs because it doesn't happen as much as it used to. But that does open up those streaming windows uh, for fringe guys um, as well. We've got three teams with two games this week, Dallas, OKC, and Detroit, so we're avoiding them. Uh, and quite a few teams with with four games as well. So just 
I guess, looking at this schedule as a whole and, and what we've got here, what are your thoughts? What are your sort of, uh, who are you leaning into uh, this week? Um, I'll start at the top. Agreed, 14 games Wednesday, everyone's going to have a full team. 10 games Friday, pretty much everyone's going to have a full team. Yep. Those those important days are Tuesday and Saturday. And it's so important that we talk about that Thursday's just a zero day because people are going to assume that like, oh, do I only get one game out of this pickup if I use it in an island spot well there's a whole day of back-to-back or potential extra game in the week eliminated so it's okay to play into an island Mm -hmm. stream where you're only getting one game out of it this week but I do love the Cleveland and Atlanta ones where you both have the two the significance of both their back-to-backs Adam is that they both happen on the lower slates so they both go Tuesday Wednesday and they both go Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. So if you get target some of those guys, especially in deeper leagues, especially in some of these sharper leagues and more competitive leagues, and you are like seeing someone who's going to play, who you really think is going to play both games, a Sadiq Bay, a DeAndre Hunter, and you want to stream for a nice plus minutes and you really want to acquire games played in a like a nine cat head to head type of game style. Those are the teams that I'd be targeting. That's most of the leagues that I play in. Uh, I think we'll always reiterate, especially early in the season, is that if you could prioritize grabbing someone who you were surprised was dropped or you think could have a rest of season role, you always do that first over taking someone that you think is going to just play four games for you that week. It's good to have one spot on your team that you don't mind flipping over and over. But if you're streaming multiple positions and you see some talent, then forego all of this stuff and we'll get into some guys that might just be talented and go for that. But these were the the main schedule quirks are Cleveland and Atlanta have the biggest edge uh, this week. Yep. Yep. Uh, and, and, and so we have, I did go through some of these teams and, and just pulled out a few names. Um, some teams are easier than others when it comes to streaming, but I started with Cleveland and Atlanta and a few names you've mentioned already, Sadiq Bay, DeAndre Hunter, Bogdan Bogdanovich is probably not available, but he might be in a slightly shallower league. Um, He's sort of, he's usually in that 120 to 130 range. So uh, he's playing really well this season. So that's why he probably is rostered everywhere. But um, yeah, outside of those guys in Atlanta, there isn't really a lot. Uh, They're relatively healthy at the moment. So we're we're not really looking at any injury replacements. The center minutes are, are being split between Okongwu and Capella, but both of them are rostered. Uh, and then in Cleveland, again, not not a lot uh, of value here. Max Struess, George Niang, and Dean Wade. Dean Wade started in the last game. I don't know how long they're going to stick with that because he didn't do anything. He failed the score. Um, but George Niang can give you 20 minutes, 22 minutes, and, and a few threes. Uh, and Max Struess, another guy a little bit like Bogdanovich who – He's probably going to be in and out of rosters a bit this season, but at the moment is probably rostered in most leagues. Uh, any other one? Any other guys from those two teams that you'd be targeting? Uh, no, I think those are the main guys. I mean, like this Okongwu is going to be owned. Uh, if you're playing in a shallower league and you could stream for someone like him, then you look at the Hawks having two back-to-backs. Maybe Capella gets rested one of those, and Okongwu plays four games with the start. That'd be an interesting one. I don't think he's available anywhere except for potentially like eight team, eight, yeah. eight team leagues. Uh, yeah, the other one there would be possibly Karis Levert. He's another guy that's in and out yeah. of teams, but at the moment he's rostered because he's playing really well. That's another um, good one. 
So, yeah, I mean, shallower leagues, maybe. Uh, so a couple of the other teams that play on those low-volume nights, so I've gone with the Lakers. A little bit of streaming value here. Cam Reddish, um, surprisingly, has actually put together a few productive games. Um, he is available in some leagues because I'm I'm in some standard kind of leagues where, where he's floating around and I've toyed with the idea of picking him up. I'm still not convinced that he's going to be a sustainable piece moving forward. Um, and Jared Vanderbilt will be back at some point, but for now I think he's worth a look. Torian Prince, likewise, he's had a few moments this season where he's where he's blown up, um, but doesn't do a lot outside of points and threes. Rui Hachimura, much the same. He's a scorer. Christian Wood, I mean, he, he's sort of – he's been up and down. I guess the reason I put him in is that I think the – I think I put that the Lakers have a back-to-back. Um, maybe they look at resting Anthony Davis or, or, or giving him a night off. I know Tuesday, he doesn't like Tuesday, to Wednesday. The Lakers have a Tuesday, Wednesday back-to-back. So you're right okay. about that. So may, that's sort of why I put him in there, just because just keep an eye on what the Lakers do in that back-to-back. Maybe LeBron gets a night off. Maybe yep. uh, Anthony Davis gets a night off. I'm not sure. Uh, anyone else from the Lakers interest you? Uh, no, most of those no. guys are, oh, most of those guys are owned, even if it's brand name over nine yeah. cat efficiency at this point. Yeah. That, yeah. We are still at that point in the season where brand I don't think it's Jackson Hayes time yet. <laughs> Not if you're yet, in the deepest no. of leagues, uh, Utah, a little bit of streaming back value actually in Utah, uh, Ochai Agbaji, who, who's been playing decent minutes. He, he's yet to sort of break out, but they like him there. Um, whether that's the right decision or not, they they like to get him out on the court. Uh, Walker Kessler is probably due back. He'd have to be close to at least being reevaluated. I think um, it was a two week reevaluation process. Uh, we he missed the game in Indiana that we saw on the four. Oh, when were we in Indiana? Yeah, so actually, it probably is very close. He he. It might even be that he's back next week. Um, which would probably take a little bit of the shine off Kelly Olynyk, but he is someone to keep an eye on. Taylor Horton Tucker, who started the season in the opening lineup, that didn't last long. Uh, I think there were probably some wages going on around how long he would be the starter, but they've gone with Keontae George. Uh, and Colin Sexton can give you some points. What are your thoughts on those guys? Any any other Utah players? I would grab Olynyk if he's there as long as Kessler's out. I know the production hasn't been what you would hope in a fill-in spot that he's been getting, but any given night he could really fill up a box score and be elite in a nine-cat league. So if he's there, that would be my choice. And I think those are the definitely the main options. Uh, and then Philly. Keontae, I'll, I'll... Keontae, assume, assuming Keontae George is grabbed up already. Yeah, look, I think he is. I think he was probably rostered in a lot of spots He was or drafted um, yeah. with a last-round pick and then for the, where the only spots he'd be available is where someone might have panicked after – three games and going, oh, he's not playing and dropped him. Um, I'll check his roster. It's a, He's actually a 30% roster rate on right. Yahoo. So that's okay, actually so... absurdly crazy and instantly gets him <laughs> injected into this list. Yeah, absolutely. If he if he's there, go and get him. Um, he We've seen his scoring has been a bit up and down, but he's he's very young. He's, he's what well, he's played 11 games or whatever it is in his career. So, um, if he's but if he's getting thirty minutes a night, uh, he's getting some assists. 
So he's I think he's turning the ball over. That's no. like the main thing. That's what's going to help him stay on the the court. That's what's gotten Sexton and THT kind of played out a little bit in this point guard system is finally they have someone who could distribute the ball and play low turnover. Yep. Uh, and then if we look at uh, the last team, I'll let you talk through the, the Philly guys, just so that you're not sitting there listening to me talk for the whole, the whole show. I enjoyed it. Thought, but we got, thoughts we on got, Philly. Yeah, Rocco, Nick Batum, B-Ball Paul, and Pat Bev. Uh, I'll put Pat Bev in that Kelly Olynyk category where if he's going to get 24-plus minutes on any given night, I'm okay playing him. I love targeting him in DFS, which is something I do very often because he could fill up a stat sheet. He's, he could get uh scoring in categories that are abnormal to his position he can get blocks he can get good rebounds from a point guard so that's always nice uh Covington's look good Nick Batum have looked good with this 76ers team uh, I'd probably say Batum offhand has probably a bit more fantasy value uh Covington had an amazing game last game so maybe I'm wrong in saying that and I think I'm just done with b-ball Paul yeah that he, he's been one of the more disappointing players he was he was talked up during the preseason by Nick Nurse and it really hasn't eventuated so it's disappointing uh Nick Batum I think he's still out for personal reasons um I'm not 100% sure what that is everyone seems to be having babies so maybe he's having another child um but he's out at the moment which is why Robert Covington started and as you said he was really good in that last game um prior to that he'd been struggling a bit so I think both of those guys are worth a look depending on who's available. Yep. Uh, and as you said, yeah, Pat Beverly, he's he's awesome for out-of-position stats. I just think if if Batum comes back and we're projecting into next week streaming and you assume Embiid's playing, you assume Tobias is playing, you assume Maxi's playing, Batum becomes a much better fit alongside those three and probably yeah. the way Philly's going to go. Even though Covington's been playing great, even though they have similar you know, game types and and body types, I think it's Batum that's going to fit better with the main three and get more more minutes. Yeah, I think it was looking that way as well. And, and you're right before yeah. he before he was sort of forced out and, and had to take uh, a bit of a leave. Um, it, it was looking like he was the preferred option there. So, um, so I've just gone with some stream targets here, and these team these are all teams that have three games in four nights in the middle of the week. Um, again, some streaming value. Some teams are better than others. Phoenix, we got word, I uh, woke up this morning to a tweet from Woj that Bradley Beal is going to be reevaluated in three weeks. So this back issue is is obviously something that um, isn't going away anytime soon. Despite the team saying, yes, he's good to go and then he's going to be playing, he'll be on a minute's limit. It's pretty concerning. I mean, a little bit off topic, but are you, are you worried about him long-term or long-term being the rest of this season? I've had three back surgeries myself at my young age, so I'm going to go with a whopping yes. Okay. Uh, anytime that back pain starts to creep up, it's hard to get it to go away. Yeah, okay. I think it's a insanely high level of concern. It's considering the the, the the contract, the no trade clause that he was able to keep. Normally, mm-hmm. when you get traded with a no trade clause, you're then it then gets waived. He yep. kept it in his contract, so now he can veto any other trades too. So this, if this is a lingering injury, this puts the whole Phoenix Durant Booker thing in a in another crazy bind, which just makes me just ache for a guy like KD. 
Yeah, look, it, it's it's weird because there, there's sort of talk that this was something he was dealing with last season. Um, it, it, it's not the the what we're hearing that this isn't why he was shut down last season. That was a, a separate injury, but who's to say it, it wasn't? Like we, we right. don't know. And if this is was something he was dealing with, it's hard to imagine that it wouldn't have been picked up in a physical or some sort of like pre-trade exam well, kind of thing. But Ben, Ben Simmons, same thing, right? Cause when Ben Simmons and James Harden were traded that he passed the physical and then he never played a game for the rest of the season and then had back surgery in the off season and then missed pretty much the whole next season too. So yeah. we have an instance of, of that slipping by pretty exactly, but it just goes to show that this, this injury reporting in the league right now has gotten so bad. Yeah. At a time where information is so public, I could go on such a crazy rant about this. It drives me <laughs> berserk. But yes. like this is this is re- this is a, a five star alarm. This is like ring the bells. The fire is going. Yeah, look, I mean, in- injury reporting annoys me just as a season long fantasy player. So I can't imagine those that are playing DFS oh, gambling and DFS. Be. Like, yeah. yeah, if you're not available like the thirty minutes before the game start for DFS, you you shouldn't yeah. even play DFS. It just makes it really frustrating. It's like that's not – it shouldn't be targeting late injury news as the way to win, but that's what it's become. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's 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 the world that we live in right now, but I still love the game so much, and that's actually what makes season long a little bit better right now, I would say. Yeah, look, maybe there's pros and cons to both. But um, So in Phoenix, I mean, we, we keep rolling with Eric Gordon and Grayson Allen. Both are going to have value. They're both going to play minutes um, for the, at least the next three weeks. Uh, chances are they they might be uh, have been added already, but um, with that sort of in the last few days, it was no Beals ready, Booker's ready, so people might have preemptively dropped Gordon or Grayson Allen. Uh, Drew Eubanks has been playing really well off the bench. Uh, it, it has helped that Nurkic has been terrible the last couple of games. Uh, so if Eubanks is available, I think he he does enough in eighteen to twenty minutes to to put up value. And Cater Bates Diop is is a little more risky, um, but he didn't even start in the in the last game. They started both Gordon and Grayson Allen over Bates Diop, so he's a little bit hit or miss. I think that might be lineup uh, matchup dependent whether they start him. Uh, anyone else in Phoenix that that um, piques your interest? No, I just think all of them do, especially with the Beal news, Gordon and Allen and Eubanks specifically. I think I'm just like one of the the world's biggest haters in in uh Nurkic. I think he's terrible. <laughs> I think Eubanks is outright better. So I don't think there's a world where Eubanks doesn't get 22 ish minutes yep. going forward and then potentially more. Uh, it's not going to drastically change. They're not going to bench Nurkic, but uh, Gordon and Grayson Allen too. Can I like them both? They're probably some of the better names on the rest of the list. Yeah, yeah. The um, Pelicans are the next team. Take us through those guys that I've got there on the screen. On the screen, Hawkins is balling yeah. uh, i've heard, was heard him can uh compared to carrie kittles if you've been a basketball fan for a long yeah, time yeah, yeah, yeah. great comparison is just a guy who could put up 20 on any given night and he's just that that jump shot's gonna last a decade uh matt ryan is getting playing time on this pelicans team because of all the injuries and because like jordan hawkins he could space the floor and they just needed an insertion of some shooting uh i like <clears throat> in that case hawkins a lot more Najee Marshall and Dyson Daniels. I think Dyson Daniels is a very nice um, 
specialist guy. If you need some defensive stats, if you need yep. some assists, you can go with Dyson Daniels. I absolutely love, love, love him as a player. So I would, I would like having him on my team. He's very easy to root for. He's very fun to watch. He's got a lot of upside. If, if it was ever to click, uh, I could go through uh Clippers too. I did that one kind of yep. fast. Terrence yep. Mann now injected into the starting lineup with Russell Westbrook going to the bench. I don't think it's going to mean a lot for his statistics. He's still playing next to so many high usage guys. It's going to be a little bit of uptick in threes naturally playing next to James Harden and being an outlet man for him. Same with Norm Powell. Daniel Tice, short-term pickup until the Plumlee guy gets back. But once Plumlee's back, he's someone that's very high on my radar. He's going to pair so well with Harden in the pick and roll. The reason why they brought Tice in is because of his pick and roll game. Uh, and is and and Zubach not really having the speed and the footwork to be able to do that with Harden. So someone like Tice or Plumlee is going to be a much better option. And then Bones Highland can light it up on any given night and fill up a inefficient stat sheet. So if that's what you need, if you're in a points league, you can go with someone like a guy like Bones. Yeah, I agree on all of that. Um, yeah, Hawk, uh, Hawkins. I saw him live uh, in New Orleans, and he's he's dynamic. Like on the court, he just doesn't stop fun moving. To watch. He's, he's he's really fun. Um, he's not afraid to shoot it, which is what you want to see. Like from a rookie who who came in with a reputation of of being a scorer, you you just you want him to get out there and not be afraid to to shoot the ball, even if it's not dropping. And he's not. He'll keep firing away. So I like him. Najee Marshall. I sort of threw him in there. Larry Nance is going to be out for a few weeks with a rib injury, so. They just need bigs on the on the court. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas isn't sort of what he was three, four years ago. So uh, I like Najee as, as a, a big there who could get upwards of 20, 22, 24 minutes off the bench. And then, yeah, for the Clippers, uh, I really just put Tice there, as you said, until Plumlee is back. Um, that's why they brought Tice over. Uh, and and I'm, I know Plumlee's, I mean, he's very, he is who he is at this point and, and people sort of made a big thing about the minutes he was getting in Charlotte last season and whether he should have been given those minutes over Mark Williams. And, um, but whenever he's on the court, he, he puts up good numbers. Uh, he's a really good facilitator as well. So they can run the offense through him a little bit if they need to. Um, so I really like Plumley as well. What was Plumley floating around for way too long? Like top 60 last year, top 50. Yeah. Yep. It was crazy for a long time because he was getting those seven assist nights in Charlotte and being, you know, 11 rebounds, seven assists. Eight. He was putting up those Ben Simmons stat lines yeah. in, in, in Charlotte. Uh, I think he, he might do something very similar in the Clippers. I, I, I'm very much looking to grab him. And also a nice little specialist who would be very high field goal percentage, uh, good assists, good rebounds, and occasional stocks. Yeah, and he and his free throws. I mean, he, he is a punt free throw guy, but he doesn't get there a lot. And since he went one handed, um, uh, was yeah, op- opposite hand and one handed, whatever he's been doing, he's actually improved a little bit. So I had him on a team last season where I, uh, I wasn't punting free throws, and he didn't drag me down too much. He, he didn't have that much of an impact because he's he's not a high volume free throw guy, um, right? And he will have nights where he'll go five of six, but then he'll go one of five the next night. So yep. it is a little bit hit or miss. Um, Fun fact, when he was a rookie, he was drafted by the Brooklyn Nets, and that was one of the years that I worked for them. So I got to work. Okay. With him. Yeah, gee, I remember I remember that, actually. He, 
yeah, a while ago now. He's because he's, he's what that'd be over ten years. His, ago, his veterans were Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Darren Williams, and Brooke Lopez. So he learned for some good players. He Joe did. Johnson. Uh, on to Washington. Little bit of streaming value here. Corey Kispert. Um, he's he's a points guy. Um, Bilal Kuwabali. He's probably rostered in most spots. I think I just threw him in here because he he. Some deeper leagues, he he probably been added and dropped because his production has been a bit inconsistent. He's more of a defensive specialist, um, but you could think about adding him if that's what you need. Landry Shamet, a little bit like Corey Kispert, he's a points and threes guy off the bench, as is Danilo Gallinari. Um, any other names in Washington? I mean, they, they've got a couple of injuries at the moment, and, and, I mean, God, Jordan Poole has stunk it up so far. So anyone else that you'd be interested in? No, I'll go hot take. I would not want Bilal Koulibaly on my team. Okay. Yep. I think that's I, I'm going to I'm going to go with he's going to be more of the uh at least this year while he's I think he's literally the youngest player in the league. Like he's just turned 19 when he entered yep. the league. Uh he was Victor's teammate over in yep. France. So now everyone's uh in love with his game. He's developed he's a very much an incredible potential development project that is 2 or 3 years away. So you might see some like early Andrew Wiggins numbers where there's going to be flashes and there's going to be Twitter videos of incredible things. But then you look at the stat sheet and it's another five of 14 night. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to, it is going to be rough offensive, uh, like on the offensive end. And I and think they're going to ask him to do it. And as a team, they're going to say, <laughs> go do it anyways. We want you to go five of 14 dribble, yeah. dribble into the lane. If, it, if you cause two charges and have four turnovers that night, don't worry about it. So it's just going to be tough from a streaming perspective. Yeah, and it will get to that point. I mean, Washington are terrible, so it's going to get to that point where they're yeah, just going to be already there. minutes and, and not. Yeah. <laughs> we, we're already there. They're there. They're there. Yeah, they're that bad already. Uh, yeah. Toronto, um, some sort of regular names, I suppose, we see on on these kind of lists. Um, Gary Trent, Precious Nature, Grady Dick, Chris Boucher. Gary Trent is probably someone that was drafted in most leagues and has since been dropped. Um, because he was pretty average to start the season. I feel like he's he's going to get hot at some point. We, we've seen him do it multiple seasons. There's going to be a, a period where for two or three weeks where he shoots efficiently and hits four threes a game and gets you two, three steals. Um, so I'd certainly consider him. Precious Achua started the second half over Jakob Pertl in their last game. Um it didn't really impact Jakob Pertl too much because he probably had one of his better games um, by the end of it. But Achua is someone they're going to give some minutes to. Grady Dick is sort of one of these just scorers, like a little bit like a Corey Kispert or a Landry Shamet, points and threes. And Chris Boucher is someone that's been talked about in fantasy circles for probably five years now. And he, he just he just can't get over the hump in terms of minutes. And, he, and he's now... Oh, I don't know how old he is. I know he's a lot older than than a lot of people think. He's 30, 30. He's going to be 31 in a few months, which I think surprises a lot of people. They think of him as this 27-year-old. Um, so I just game. don't know where he fits. But his fantasy game is very friendly in terms of per-minute production, but he really only gets 20 minutes a night. So uh, thoughts on the Raptors, guys? I think it'll be interesting to watch the shakeout of uh, Gary Trent and Grady Dick once Trent is healthy again. And we start seeing like Gary Trent returned to practice today. So he's going to be back very soon. Yeah. Uh, but they fill very similar roles and just being the 
shooting, spacing, floor option for this team that's probably kind of a defensive liability too. So it's going to be hard to have them both on the court at the same time. So I would think uh, unless they unless they really try and inject some offense. But this team, the Toronto Raptors team as an organization, at least this year, is playing incredibly defensive. And they're mm-hmm. playing a great defensive system. So it's going to lead to a lot of uh, unders from a gambling perspective, lower pace, slower games. From a fantasy perspective, just simply less stats. Uh, on to Miami. I'll let you. I'll let you take it away for Miami. I've got a few names on this list. Josh Richardson is he starting over Lowry yet, or is Lowry starting? I think that no, Lowry's still back and forth. Lowry's still starting. He's been really, really bad the last two games. Yeah. I think he, he's only scored a, like a grand total of three points or Listen, something. Listen, Miami's so. won seven in a row, so whatever they're doing is clearly working. Yeah, and that comes because Haywood Highsmith has been starting so i think he's Mm -hmm. a a great target to develop over the i think he's almost a rest of season target i don't know how we could fade the miami development system adam do you know why because i figured it out do you know why the miami heat are so good at developing yeah why do you know where their g league team is uh no not off the top of my head all right well the warriors have the santa cruz warriors Mm -hmm. In, in California, yeah. the 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 Knicks have the Westchester Knicks in New York. The Brooklyn Nets have the Long Island Nets in yeah. in a beautiful facility in, in there. The Miami Heat G League team is the Sioux Falls, Nebraska team. Oh, yeah. okay. And so they tell these young guys, hey, there's two options here. You can go be on private planes living in Miami with an NBA contract with no state income tax, or you could be riding buses to G League games in Sioux Falls, Nebraska. How hard do you want to work? You make the decision. And it becomes so obvious that I don't know how no one's talking about it, that it's like if if any human being was in one of those two situations, you would be doing everything in your power to stay on the Miami Heat roster, and that's how you develop. Well, they make it makes sense. I haven't been to Sioux Falls, but I'll assume that Miami to. is a preferred you don't need location. To go. go to Miami instead. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, look, I like Highsmith as well. I picked him up in a couple of leagues. Uh, he wasn't good the last game. But he's been up and down, but the game before that, he had five steals and two blocks. Uh, if if I'm remembering correctly, um, I really like his upside. Uh, it would be. I'd have more confidence if he was on a team like the Wizards or, or someone who could just hand him minutes and not care about winning, whereas Miami are obviously really invested in success. So there are going to be nights when he's when he only plays 20 minutes if he's not playing yep. well because they've got these other guys that I've got on and the Harkes, list. Duncan Robinson. They don't, you can't keep Harkes off the floor at this point. No. He, he, Harkes is – he was – I think of all the draft picks this year uh, in the NBA draft, when he was picked by Miami, everyone just sort of went, He's a perfect Miami fit. But he, yep. you, you look at his game and what he does, and what Miami, what their philosophy is, and, and he's an ideal fit. And he's proved that already, um, probably a lot quicker than than people might have thought. So I think, I think he's if he's available, you pick him up. He's another guy that could have rest of season value. Um, Duncan Robinson, I'm not so sure on. I know we've he he was sort of blew up a couple of years ago, and then teams figured out how to defend him, and he. He was almost out of the rotation last year. He's playing big minutes at the moment. He's hitting his shots, but Tyler Hero will come back soon-ish. Um, so I think Robinson is someone you, you pick up now for points and threes, but 
I wouldn't be as committed to him long-term. Uh, and Kevin Love, I don't know. We know who Kevin Love is at this point. Um, he's not going to play more than 20 minutes. I don't think he can. But he can get you some boards and threes. Um, so sort of a low, low volume, not very attractive guy. But three games in four nights is always helpful. Uh, take us through the Orlando players that I've got there because they're another really interesting team. Uh, Cole is, oh no, it's Fultz that's been not healthy. So Cole Anthony's yeah. probably been getting a nice stats boost because Marco Fultz has been injured. Uh, Suggs has also been playing really well. Definitely owned in Suggs. Cole Anthony, more of a points guy, especially yeah. points league guy, less efficient. Uh, the Mo Wagner and Goga Batadze pairing, I would rather go with Goga because he seems to be starting. But they're pretty much splitting minutes, and uh, they're both putting up very similar and efficient stats. Goga's got a higher ceiling because of slightly more minutes. I think with Mo, they just wanted to keep him exactly in his role, even with Wendell Carter out. And I don't think when Wendell Carter returns, Mo's going anywhere from that backup role. So I think that's just where he's going to stay. Anthony Black has been starting uh, recently with the Fultz injury, so he's definitely getting a huge minutes boost right now. It's tough because he's not shooting well. Uh, mm. He's hit a few. He's hit a few threes. Not shooting enough, uh, but he does the right things on the court, and he's fun to watch. So I like Anthony Black, but I don't. I don't know about how much fantasy stats he's going to really be putting up for teams. Jonathan Isaac, similar to Kevin Love, it's going to be ho- you're hoping he gets it done in 18 minutes. Uh, the Pacers definitely have some nice options because I don't think there's a, any given night where the Pacers aren't scoring 130. No, no, they're very. I, I saw I saw four games, four of their games live, and they're fast. They just push the ball. They like to get into their set really quickly um, and not allow the defense to to get into their set. So that it's, it's a lot of broken offense, that sort of thing. And um, I mean, Halliburton's incredible. Like he's such a heads up player. Doesn't turn the ball over. Um, he finds guys. Like he see even watching the game live, and, and normally you look and go, "Oh, look, there's these guys open." He finds them before you you see them. So, yep. um, yeah, look, the paces. Obi Toppin is coming off a really, I think it was his last game where he had 26 or something. So, I'm not convinced that sticks. I mean, I saw him play enough to to see that he's not a priority on the offensive end. Um, it'll be more when he lucks into some fast break dunks and then hits his threes. Jalen Smith has actually had a, a decent role for them. Um, he's questionable, I believe, with a – he left the last game with a head injury. Um, doesn't sound like it was too serious, which is good. Uh, but he, if you just need an efficient scorer who can hit some threes and get rebounds, that's all he does. But they do they do like having him out there. Um, and then I put TJ McConnell and Andrew Nembhard – Probably a week ago, I wouldn't have had TJ McConnell on this list, but he seems to have moved ahead of Nembard in, in the rotation, at least in the last game or two. And we know that McConnell in 20 minutes can can give you five, six assists, one or two steals, um, a little bit like a Jonathan Isaac. He, he'll give you specific stats in limited minutes, uh, and he's, he's never going to play 30 or 32 minutes, but... Um, yeah, they. Is there anyone else in Indiana that interests you? I just, I just know from owning him, Bruce Brown has not been off to the greatest start. Yeah, he's been getting the minutes and the opportunity. He's just not. He's not been playing with a high usage rate. It's just been more minutes and cardio. If Bruce Brown's been dropped, 
he would be a priority ad because yeah. I think that's going to turn around. So I don't think I think he's going to be owned everywhere. But just knowing that some people might be frustrated, make sure Bruce Brown wasn't dropped. Uh, the, if you're going for an island stream, playing into the Pacers game, or simply playing into the Pacers opponent in those given nights, so maybe you liked what we said about a, a different team and situation and they happen to be playing the Pacers, then boost that even further on the other side too, because these Pacers games are flying. So I think Nemhart and McConnell, McConnell's also one of the best like handcuffs in yeah. fantasy basketball. Cause if anything were to happen to Halliburton, uh, he steps in there and he's like almost a triple double candidate. Yeah. Yeah. He's still a very good player and, and very key um, to what they do. He should be, he should be traded like Caruso, <laughs> like, like the Lakers should be interested in a, in a McConnell type. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be an interesting fit actually. Um, so I think that's all that the guys I had um, before I let you go, any other players, any other notes, anything you want to. Yeah. I got a question to... for you. Yep. There's one that, hasn't been dropped in my league that there's one that has been dropped in my league that was not discussed today he's on the dallas mavericks who only play two games next week but it's Derek lively and i was very surprised to see lively dropped uh my question is how much would you prioritize lively over someone who you're playing for games purposes in a given week and then, like, would you even spend free agent budget to go get him? Would he be someone that you're really looking for rest of season? Because in my mind, it was like his minutes is probably going to only go up as the season goes on, right? They're just going to ask him to handle more and get more playoff ready. So is he playing 32 and 34 minutes a night in come February and March? And he's putting up 17 and 9 every single night. It was very, very attractive to me. Yeah, I was, look, about, I, I was about to drop like thirty-five of my free agent budget on him. I definitely, I definitely use budget on him. Um, how much? I mean, obviously, it depends on your settings, that sort of thing. But yeah, as you said, I, I think. I mean, he. It took him one game to get into the starting lineup. He they opened right. the season with him on He's the bench. No, and, the competition is: Are the Mavericks really actually pretty good this year? And they make a trade. Because there's no yeah. one on the roster that could do what he does. But there's no. very much like, uh, is Atlanta just slightly below 500 and they want to get off Capella? Because Capella would actually be a perfect person for Luca to run some pick and roll and throw some lobs to. And yeah. then does that just absolutely destroy Lively? Because then they split minutes and it's pretty much, he's in a, what, like a lesser Okongwu has been the last few years. So yeah, I think like- I'm, I'm going to spend a pretty penny on it personally. Yeah, I think a trade would be the only thing that would drag him down. I mean, even he's, I'm just looking at his season stats here. He's he's basically a top 100 player in 24 minutes a night, uh, nine and seven with a block, uh, 73% from the floor. Not terrible from the free throw line. He's at 64%, but over the last two weeks, well, he's, he's at 77. So, oh, nice. um yeah, so I don't, and I mean, he doesn't get there a ton. He's only he's only getting there two times per game. So uh, he he is up and down, but he's a rookie. He's a rookie big man. Um, the NBA today is so matchup based as well. So depending on who you're playing, there'll there'll just be games when they don't need him out there for 27 minutes. They only need him for 19. But he's coming off a game where he had 17 and nine with two blocks and a steal. Prior to that, he had four and nine with with no blocks. So. He's up and down. The scoring is going to be inconsistent, but he's efficient. He gets rebounds. Um, he's he's going to get blocks. He's not going to be – I don't feel like he's going to be 
a Walker Kessler or anything from last season. He's not going to have those five block games, but he should get you a block, one to two blocks every night uh, when he's out there. So I'd, I'd certainly, yeah. if he's available, I'd, I'd oh, go and get him. Into it. I got, yeah. a, I got a few more for you, Adam, before we get out of here. Kevin yeah. Knox was just put into the starting lineup for the Pistons uh, over Bagley because they don't have any shooters and they need some injection of some guy who can put the ball through the hoop from distance. Yeah. So I think that's a short-term one while Duran is still out to consider because if he's going to be starting getting an uptick in minutes and asked to shoot, he's going to be doing some stuff from the corner. Yep. Uh, yep. Lonnie Walker is legitimately a six-man-of-the-year candidate. Like, he is playing fantastic basketball for Brooklyn. Uh, I think he's averaging like 16 points off the bench. Yep. Yeah, 15.7. He's playing really well. Shooting 2.5 2.3 makes threes a night shooting 50% from the field, low turnovers, almost a stock and a half combined five rebounds and assists combined and almost 20 points. So he's someone that I actually is kind of rest of season along with these short-term knocks and then long-term Derek Lively that I'm looking into all of them. Yeah. Look, I think, um, yeah, Knox. I mean, we've seen, We've seen enough from him, and he's been shipped around a few teams, that yeah, sort of yeah. thing. But yeah, short term, certainly. Short term, if, he, while he's, if he's there, yeah. see what happens. Um, a little bit like a Cam Reddish, so he he's similar. He's been shopped around, I he's like playing that. well at the moment. Pick him up, see what happens. Lonnie Walker has been, yeah, so quietly really good for the Nets this season. He's Cam Thomas is sort of getting all that focus and attention because of what he's he's done to start the season, and he's obviously been out. Uh, now, but Simmons is out for God. We don't know how long. Could be a week. Could be a month. Could be the season. Um, so Lonnie Walker. I'm just going through his game log here. Uh, he's scored in double figures in every game bar one. Uh, yeah. His his minutes are up and down a little bit, but if you've got him, you have him for points and threes, and he's giving you plenty of those. Uh, and and he, he he can chip in, as you said, on the defensive end. So he's not a he's not a consistent producer, but. Uh, one and a half steals and blocks is, is better than nothing. And um, yeah, I, I think Lonnie Walker should probably just, be rostered. He makes good decisions when he's out there. He's another guy that the Nets are going to not take out of his role. Yeah. No matter yeah, what no. else changes. The Nets don't really have, I was thinking about this. I don't know why. I don't know why I was thinking about this as I was walking <laughs> LeBron, but I was just having this random thought that the Net, I guess I, I'm historically a Nets fan and used to work for the team. I'm no longer a Nets fan. Uh, not because anything went wrong with the Nets, but they're just not that exciting. And I yeah. and I root for for whoever I bet on because that's what I want to do. So I'll bet yeah. for or against the Nets. So I know I'm, I lost my fanhood, but anyways, uh, he just makes a lot of good decisions, and they don't have anyone on their team that tells me this guy is going to be on the next great Nets team. Like yeah. Bridges, no, probably not. Cam Johnson, maybe, probably not. Like. It's probably going to be the next shift that comes in. So if they could latch on to like a nice person that like not a person, nice player that Lonnie Walker is like really filling his role and kind of being a good story for them. That's not going anywhere. Yeah, no, I, I like him. I, I haven't seen him available in any of my leagues, uh, which probably is a pretty good indication that he's rostered in most spots. But yeah. um, but he he could be available. I, you might yeah. have his roster available in mine, so maybe I'll grab him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think he's obviously very. Um, like if you're punting points, you wouldn't you wouldn't want him because no. that's what he does. But um, most people aren't punting points, so he'd be worth a look. Uh, so I'm going to let you get out of here. I've got to jump onto another show. Any final thoughts before we get out? No, 
See you next week. We'll be here. That will do it then for today's show. Like some games played and some wins. Yeah, that's what we're here for. I'm hoping, and and I'm looking at starting DFS next season, uh, next week. So uh, yeah, we'll uh, I'll be probably tapping into your brain, um, and maybe betting. I get asked all the time by my friends, "You do all this fantasy stuff. Why don't you gamble?" And I, well, I just don't really have the time, and I don't know how good I am at gambling because it's very different. Gambling and, and fantasy is very different. So, um, yeah, it is It is something that I might get into the gambling space a bit, a bit more now that we've got you on board and back. I can utilize your expertise. The Fiddles Picks on Twitter. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right, at Fiddles Picks on Twitter. I'm at Adam King on 91 on Twitter. That will do it uh, for today's show. Remember, head over to fbibasketball.com to check out all of our content. Uh, follow us on YouTube. Give this video a thumbs up. We are also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.